Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. We, as you have heard, are in the middle of a series called This Is Church. And so if you're new to Greyfriars, it's a great time to join because we're thinking over this month of September about what is church? What does it mean to be God's people? And for the last two weeks, we've been thinking about the importance of gathering. And today and next week, we're going to focus on what does it mean for the church to grow? And today, I want us to think about what it means for you and me, God's people, to grow in our faith. So we're going to take a look at these words of 1 Peter. So if you've got your Bibles, please keep them open. Uh, We're going to pray now and then have a look at these words together. Just as we pray, uh, I wanted to read out some verses from Scripture that uh, Linda has sent in this morning. And she has these words from Psalm 18, verses 28 and 29 from the Message Version, which reads like this. Suddenly, God, you floodlight my life. I vault the highest fences. Aren't those amazing words? Suddenly, God, you floodlight my life and I vault the highest fences. So let's pray together. Lord, we want to thank you that you are a God who loves to welcome us, to draw near to us, to save us, to grow us, to fill our lives with light and hope. And I want to pray over each person who's sat at home watching this now, the light of our Lord Jesus Christ come by his Holy Spirit and fill you now. The Lord give you hope. The Lord give you strength. The Lord give you peace. The Lord help you overcome those hurdles and those obstacles that you are facing in your life as we together turn to him now and seek his face. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, as some of you know, Liz, my wife, and I have three children, Isaac, Sammy, and Eloise, who are now aged 12, 11, and 8. And for our children, and in fact for all of us, uh, we know... And you will remember from your own childhood or perhaps as a parent that children are desperate to grow. Our three children are desperate to grow. They want to get older. They want more independence. But they also want to actually grow in height. The walkers, that's our family, are not the tallest. And so the kids are continually measuring themselves against marks on the wall, against each other, against Liz and myself to see how they're growing. And I remember as a child uh, being the smallest in the class. I was always the smallest. I think people call it being vertically challenged. Um, So for this reason, partly, I am standing up today to make myself look a bit taller um, and to feel a bit better. Uh, But actually, all of us as children were desperate to grow, weren't we? To get older and to grow in height. But as we enter, I think it is our late 20s, something changes. 
And we suddenly become a bit less keen to get older. And suddenly growing becomes a little less appealing. But even if we don't want to grow in age, what we know is that we are all called as Christians to grow in our faith. And that's what we read here in this letter, 1 Peter. And that's what we're going to focus on today. And so I want to begin with a question. Are you growing in your faith? I want you to think back, maybe over the last six months, 12 months, how have you grown in your faith? I think probably some of us would say that actually the last six months have been quite hard and in some ways it's been difficult to grow in our faith because we've been scattered and we thought about that two weeks ago. We've been in our own homes. We haven't been able to gather together. And actually part of God's design is that we grow in community with each other. We grow as we reach out in mission together. We mature in our faith together. The Apostle Peter is writing in this letter to a group of churches that are scattered around an area called Asia Minor. And he's writing to these believers, to cheer them on, to say, grow in your godliness, grow in your holiness, become more like God. And so he's also speaking to us today, to cheer us on, to grow in our faith. And if you have a look in these verses, we can see in the first reading that Claire gave us from chapter 1, In the Greek text, there are two commands. And the first of those is in verse 13. We read these words, depends on your translation you're looking at, but it's fix your hope or set your hope. And the second command is in verse 16. We read these words, be holy. Now I want to read to you that section of scripture from chapter one that we heard, but in the message version. And it reads like this. Roll up your sleeves. Put your mind in gear. Be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil, doing just what you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then, but you do now. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life. A life energetic and blazing with holiness. God said, I am holy. You be holy. Now, if I was to ask you, what does it mean to be a Christian? I'm guessing you would say something like, well, it's about knowing God. It's about knowing forgiveness through Christ. It's about worshipping. It's about praying. It's about serving God in his mission to the world. It's about giving, serving. The list would go on. And all of those things are good and right But Peter the Apostle, in his second letter to these churches, tells us that the answer to this question, what does it mean to be a Christian, is this. 
to participate in the divine nature. Or in other words, to become like God. Now I think most of your friends and my friends, those that we know who are are not Christians, would say that they probably hope that Christians would be a little bit nicer than your average person. They would be someone who's a bit less angry. They might be someone who's a bit more graceful and a bit less resentful. But God is saying here, there is so much more. God's plans and for you are so much greater. You are created in God's image. And you are created to reflect his glory to this world, to become more like God. That is an awesome thought, isn't it? John Calvin, and I don't often quote John Calvin, John Calvin said this, the purpose of the gospel is to render us conformable to God, and wait for this bit, and to deify us. In other words, the gospel is about you and me Not becoming God, but becoming more like God. That we would reflect his image and his glory and his majesty and his grace and his love to this world in different ways. It is about more than having a relationship with God. It is about more than salvation, even though we long for those around us to be saved. And that's why we're going to run alpha in our homes because we care passionately about the people that we know coming to faith in Jesus it is a matter of life and death it is heaven or hell but there is more even beyond salvation and what we read here in 1 Peter chapter 1 in verses 18 through to 21 if you have a look at these words is Peter is saying we have all fallen short of the glory of God we have all sinned and yet through the precious blood of Christ you and I as we put our trust in the Lord are redeemed we are saved we're reconciled with God And we are never, ever, ever to lose the wonder and the awe of this truth of what God has done for you and me and others through Christ. But there's even more to God's plan. Peter is saying here that we are saved so that we can be transformed by God to become more like God so that we can become little Christs. That's what it means to be a Christian, to be a little Christ. That we would represent God on this earth. That we would be those who make a statement for justice, that we stand with the poor and we speak out for those who don't have a voice in this world. Peter begins by telling us in chapter 1 that this This step towards holiness begins with us fleeing from all those things that are not of God. He says it as well in chapter 2. If you have a look, turn the page if you've got your Bibles to chapter 2 verse 1. He writes, get rid of slander and hypocrisy 
and evil. And we could add things to this list, couldn't we? We could say for ourselves, you know, get rid of this desire to want to accumulate more money or to, to have greater success or for sexual desires that are not of God or for greed or anger, whatever it may be. You know, as we read the scriptures, it's like holding up a mirror to our lives and God is asking you and me today, what do we need to flee from? What is it that you and I need to turn away from as we turn to God? Many of you may have seen the film, The Lion King. And uh, if you haven't, uh, the story is of this young lion cub who tragically witnesses the death of his father. And he runs away and he runs into the jungle to spend time with a couple of rogues, a meerkat and a warthog. And he gets used to this life. As a young lion, when he should be with a pride, he's spending time with these other animals. And he begins to settle into this way of life until he has this dream where he hears the voice of his father saying this, remember who you are. You are more than what you have become. And in a way, that's what God is saying to us through these words of scripture here in 1 Peter. He wants to say to you today, remember who you are. You are more than what you have become. God is holy. He is majestic. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-loving. And you are created to become like God to show Christ to the world around you. The truth is that most of the people who don't have faith around you and me are not going to be opening up God's word and reading the Bible. And so the only window they have to God is through you, through your life and your words and your decisions and your actions and the way that you and I interact with those around us. Now, as we read these words in 1 Peter, certainly I am thinking, and I'm sure you are, help God, because we struggle with sin. None of us are perfect. You might be thinking, I feel so far from the holiness that God is calling me to here. And actually, some of us just stop there. It's like we freeze and we think, "I, I can't, I can't do it. I can't be any more holy than I am. This is me. Others of us think, well, I've been saved and so I'm okay. And therefore, why why do I need to change anymore? Peter writes in chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. And again, this is the message version I'm reading. He writes these words. You have had a taste of God. Now, like infants... Drink deep of God's pure kindness. Then you'll grow up mature and whole in God. So how do we grow? Well, this is my favourite flower. 
the sunflower. Now, as you look at this, you may be thinking, David, you have put it in a water bottle. And that is true. Because I couldn't find a vase, because we're redeveloping the church, I couldn't find a vase, so I'm sorry. But on the other hand, it made me realise that it's slightly symbolic of, of me, and maybe you. Because actually there's something here of, you know, we don't feel like the finished article. But I, anyway, let's come back to the flower. I, the whole point of this is about the flower, not the vase. Um, I love these flowers. They are my favourite flower. In fact, this was given to us uh, on Friday by a friend. Uh, not just one. There was a bouquet of sunflowers. Um, and one of the things I love about going on holiday to France, which we try and do every year, is as you drive down the auto routes, and many of you know this, you pass field after field after field of these amazing flowers. And in French, this flower is called tournesol. And this word is made up from two separate words, torn and sol, meaning turn to the sun. Because, as you know, these amazing flowers gently rotate throughout the day so that they face the sun and the light. If we want to grow in our faith, we need to turn to the sun. S-O-N. We need to turn to Jesus. And we do that in a whole number of different ways, but we need to fix our eyes on Jesus, like this flower, to, to continually be turning ourselves so that we are looking straight into his face, reading his words every day, worshipping him at all times. And as I say this, some of you are thinking, David, do you mean I've got to stand on my desk in my office and sing out loud? Because that could be really embarrassing, and I'm not saying that. But find ways to thank God and praise God as you go through your day. We need to be people who are continually talking and listening to God in prayer, continually serving his mission, reaching out to the lost and the poor, continually focusing on the holiness of God so we get a fresh revelation every day of who God is. It says here in verse 13 of chapter 1, set your hope on Jesus' return. We're meant to be people who are continually expectant of Jesus' return. Actually living our lives expecting that he will return today. What would it look like for you to live your life today knowing that Jesus is returning this evening, tomorrow? What would you do differently? That is how we are to live our lives. Now, I have loved in the last couple of weeks being able to get around Reading and, and meet with some of you after weeks and months of being locked away. And one of the great joys this week was meeting one of you, so a member of our congregation called George. And as I met with George, um, he was sharing with me, without knowing what I was going to talk about today, about how he has grown in his faith over the last few months. And so I wanted to share some of this with you. So take a look at this and let's hear from George himself. 
Hello, great friends. My name is George Eaton, and along with my wife Rachel and twin boys Theodore and Gabriel, we really want to say a big thank you to Grey Friars for all the support and encouragement over the last six months. And just like everyone who's watching, I'm sure we've all tried to figure out how to thrive in this next normal, how to try and hold on to whatever we can to navigate all aspects of our life, whether it's work, family, children, finances, whatever else that might be. And what I'd like to share with you today is a significant experience that I went through over the last six months about what it means to be really grown up in terms of your Christian faith. It was surprising to me that this definition of growing up, Jesus' definition of growing up, completely contradicts the worldly view of growing up. As you all know, the secular definition of growing up is to take more control over your life as you grow up from being a child, to being a teenager, to an adult in your early life, to later on in life. It's all about trying to take control of every facet of your life and make sense of it. After all, that's what it means to be grown up. But over the last six months, Jesus has been inviting me to enter into a new definition of growing up. And that is about being more childlike in terms of my faith as I grow up in my walk with Christ. And it's not surprising that Jesus' definition of growing up completely contradicts the secular meaning. Jesus came to serve and not to be served. The least would be the greatest. And in terms of the way Jesus was inviting me to grow up, he was asking me to unlearn what I knew before and to learn a new way of growing up, which is to let go, which is to be more childlike in my faith and to let Jesus be in the driving seat. He was asking me to do a little less of this, which is to clench my fists and hold on to whatever I can. And instead of that, to be more open in terms of receiving his love and direction in my life. And that's the joy of growing up that I've experienced over the last six months and wanted to share with you. God bless you. It was such a joy to meet up with George and to hear what God has been doing in and through him over these last six months. And as George was explaining it there, it's a total paradox that actually what it means to grow up in our faith is to become more like a child. And in fact, Peter says it here in chapter 1, verse 14, as obedient children. And then those verses at the beginning of chapter 2 we heard him speak about being like newborn babies, craving pure spiritual milk. 
And so as we think about what it means to grow up, it's, it's to have that same zeal and passion and enthusiasm and joy and hunger to learn, dependence that we see in small children around us. And the more that we focus on God, the more that hunger and thirst comes within us, the more we grow and oddly enough, the more we become like children. But I want to close with this, that for all of us, we are probably thinking, this just sounds so hard. It is so hard. You know, I'm trying to do everything I can to be more like God, but I just can't do it. And I want to finish by reassuring you that it's not all about us. We grow in holiness as we spend time immersed in the Holy Scriptures. We grow in holiness as we look at God's holiness, as we worship him. We grow in holiness as we call down the power of the Holy Spirit to help us become more like God. That is the role of the Holy Spirit, to change us and transform us more into Christ-likeness, that the fruit of the Holy Spirit would grow in you and me. We grow in holiness as we fulfill God's mission, loving the poor, caring for those in need, sharing the gospel, inviting people to Alpha, standing up for those who are facing injustice. We grow in holiness as we turn to the sun and we become more like God. You and I, as Peter have said, has said here in these scriptures, we have tasted how good God is. But I want to say to all of you today, there is so much more. God has so much more for all of you. God loves you. Yes, God loves you as you are, but he loves you so much that he has a desire and a plan for you to become more than you are right now. And so my prayer is that as we look towards Christmas in these next few months, that we would all go through a growth spurt, that actually as we turn to Jesus, that we would become more like him, that people would see Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that as people around you and around me look to us, they would be compelled to believe in Jesus because of what they see in us. So we're going to pray for that now and then we're going to return to worship together. And I'd love to invite us to take a moment now to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us. Yes, we have to do our bit. This is a partnership with God as we think about growing, but we need God's help. We need his spirit with us. And so I'm going to invite you at home to pray. I'm not going to pray this prayer for you. We're going to ask the spirit of God to come and help us, to grow us, to help us to turn from those things we need to turn from and just like this flower, to turn towards the sun and to allow Christ's power to come and change us. So 
I'm going to begin by praying. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Spirit of God. And each one of us call out to God. Ask him to help, to transform, to give hope, to give peace, to renew, to grow. Come, Lord Jesus, by your Spirit.